Our core value, number one, is scripture as roots, and core value number two is community as fruit. That community happens best when you're on mission with someone, and you guys yes. know that better than anything, yeah. that you build relationships okay. with other people that mm. are not like you, that have that like different kinds of food and are from different right. places and have different values because you're on mission together. You're a team with the same common goal. And welcome to the Darren Woodson Show. Uh, today is is very special. We love all our guests that we have. Um, not all, but one. Not all. Not that's a good point. Yeah, not all. all. Yeah, some of them we, we like. We care about. <laughs> <laughs> but today, today is is extra special for for myself personally. Um, our guest today has had. I mean, I, I don't. Even, I can't even describe the impact uh, that she has had on our family, my wife specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in mentorship and leadership, but um, just in m- myself as well. Um, we're going to get into the unbelievable impact that she's making globally. Yes. Um, but uh, first, I, I just I want to thank you. I want to start this show off by, by thanking you for, for all that you've done for, for, for me and my family, uh, but then also just thanking you for the impact that you've had um, on just people. And, and the kingdom. And so uh, today our guest is Tara Lee Cobble. We're going to call her Tara Lee. We're going to call her TLC. TLC. We might break yeah. out and go ch- don't go chasing waterfalls. Yeah, we're bringing I mean, it out. That's Darren's time. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> when you, when, before the show, she was like, hey, you know, uh, you know, Tara Lee is my, my first name. That's what I go by. Uh, and she's like, you can call me TLC. And Darren just perked up. Yeah, yeah that's it. All right. That, that's it. I'm, I'll be doing the worm on the floor. Breaking out le- left yeah. eye. <laughs> breaking out some left our rap lyrics <laughs> but but Tara Lee thank you so much for joining us today and excited to, to get into your journey but uh how are you doing I'm doing great I'm so happy to be here this yes. is so fun wow you didn't get the blue memo or it's yes he all he never dresses accordingly it's a good yeah. point so we look so That's good, good Tara look how, how we match we I match look, we match the book match matches it, it's just and then you you guys want me to leave? Show you can. I can step out you now. You guys absolutely can. Let's get this thing yeah. started. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but for those of you that are not familiar with Tara Lee Cobble, so Tara Lee is the founder of D Group, uh, which is a Bible mentorship coaching curriculum that she works and started off really kind of small groups and and yeah. walking through the Bible mm-hmm. and and the importance of really understanding what you're reading as opposed to just kind of glazing over it, which so many of us mm-hmm. do, and it's like. Mm-hmm. The task of okay, hey, we got to read the Bible. Where do you start? Right. I mean, what is what does ninety percent of this mean? I right. have no idea. Um, and and so Tara Lee created this this curriculum and this group so that okay, hey, we can really dig in deep and really understand what it is. And and that has that has exploded. Um, and that's just a, a group that's making impact. And more specifically, women. A lot of women. A lot we of women. Have men's groups. Okay. Um, okay. And. Yeah, we're just uh, excited to even have we have Spanish groups now. And nice, yeah, oh. lots of options. So I know that's how uh, Tara Lee and, and my wife Tiffany got connected. Uh, this was when I guess I was still playing at yeah. the time, uh-huh. and uh, and Tara Lee had a, had a handful of women that she was mentoring, and, and Tiff got invited to the group, and it was one of those deals. Tiff was so nervous. You remember that? <laughs> I do. So I do. nervous. So go over that. You said D group. Is it a Bible study? Start off as a Bible study, yeah. And then- so. 
we it, st- it stands for discipleship group, and it's basically just groups of 12 or less that meet in homes and churches around the world, and mm-hmm. we will pick a book of the Bible or a topic from Scripture to dig in and study. So um, I found that I was just a part of a lot of studies that were more like self-help, mm-hmm. and I wasn't really learning more. I was just like trying to... Uh, be a better version of myself. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm really here to learn about God and I'm not doing a lot of that. Mm -hmm. So we started digging into scripture together. And um, so we memorize passages of scripture. We Mm. study it. We um, hold each other accountable, encourage each other, pray for each other when we're really struggling. And Mm. I was super excited to have Tiffany join it because I... I loved her from the minute I met her. She's she's yeah. fantastic. Me too. Yeah. So, yeah. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but it's crazy because the depth, right, is is most Bible studies. You say, okay, hey guys, you're going to read, you know, these four chapters. Yeah. We're going to discuss it. And typically, and, and tell me if tell me if I'm wrong, but a lot of Bible studies in the home or, or small groups like that, it's like, okay, I'm going to read it. And then how does it apply to my life? Right. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of application yes. in most of them. Yes. Whereas. The curriculum that, that you've created here now is no, we're going to understand like the true context yeah. of what this is. What's mm-hmm. going on around it? What are some of these, you know, biblical creatures and what's right. the timing and whose impact on what? I mean, it's a yeah. very in depth understanding mm-hmm. of what that book is that you're studying at the time, yeah. right? Because what I find is that a lot of times people jump into these things, and if you have, if you're, if you're reading the Bible every day, or you're coming to a Bible study every week, and you have a takeaway that you then feel like the burden of going and doing, mm-hmm. and you fail at it, like we all do, right. you're not going to want to come back to mm-hmm. Scripture the next day, to Bible study the next mm-hmm. week. You're going to just want to back away. Because, I mean, especially in the world mm-hmm. today, how much does perfectionism, yes. like we yes. all just wrestle with that, and it's... Perfectionism doesn't really serve us well. It keeps us from good things. Yes. And so what we do instead is we're looking for who is God? What what does this reveal about what he loves, what he hates, what motivates him to do what he Mm. does? So that you are then buoyed and sustained through your day by the character of the God who loves you. Right. As opposed to by this burden of something that you have to do. Mm -hmm. But you're sustained by God and who he is and what he has done. And so we look for God in the pages of Scripture as opposed to looking for ourselves. Yeah. Oh, that is, love that. That's awesome. Yeah. So the D group then led you into speaking, or were you speaking before you created D group? Sort of started around the same time. Okay. Uh, so I, do you know that I used to be a musician? Yes. You know oh, and I, I know that. Okay. Yeah. That was my next, that was my next one. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So I was a musician, and I started writing some, some books and doing some speaking. Mm-hmm. And um, I just really would find that when I would come back from tour, I wanted to jump in deep into scripture. But when I would join Mm. a community group or a home group, it was just surface stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, no, I I don't think you guys understand how much I need the word of God. (laughs) And I need that. And so I built D group as just this space to uh, to jump into scripture. And so our core value, number one, is scripture as roots. And core value, number two, is community as fruit. That community happens best when you're on mission with someone. And you guys yes. know that better than anything, yeah. that you build relationships okay. with other people that mm. are not like you, that have that like different kinds of food and are from different right. places and have different values because you're on mission together. You're a team with the same common goal. Right. And so that's what we do in D group is like it attracts people who are totally different from each other, different ages, different demographics, and they come together to study God's word and they build this rich community together. Yep. So I built D group and then was speaking at the same time and, and those sort of grew in tandem together 
to where I was doing more speaking than I was music. Mm. And I really liked that. Yeah. I really liked the speaking part. Stick yeah. around because we're going to get into the journey right. and we're going to spend a little bit more time on that music sector because I haven't heard a ton of the stories uh-huh. and uh, the tour bus. <laughs> what do they call the tour bus diaries? What's that? What's that show? No, no, wait. Let's stay on this one. Were all you, right. Were you, was it? Were you touring uh, the the country across the, you know, the I was world? Touring or? the world. It Where was amazing. It was great. Uh, just I was never. My goal was never to be famous. Uh-huh. So uh, you w- would have never heard of me. But I was just playing colleges and conferences and churches and uh, things like that around the world. Got to see Europe and Asia and all uh-huh. that, and just me and my guitars traveling America in my Camry, or then right. you know, yeah. like <laughs> hopping across the the ocean on a plane to uh-huh. to play for. I played at a lot of military bases and things like that. Loved that. Right. So. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So just a solo, you're up there by yourself. Mm-hmm. So that never scared you, and then we'll dig into this a little bit more. <laughs> that never scared you to be up on stage by yourself. Was that something that you had to overcome? Was it just... It didn't really. You know, I think it's just, um, I was just kind of, I would get scared if my dad was in the audience. That was about the huh. only time I would get scared. No, yeah, dads. yeah. Like, it's just like you want to you want to please the fathers, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. so that was. Uh, but that's you know what's nervous. interesting about the story is that you said one thing that just blew me away. You said it was never to be famous. Yeah, yeah. I didn't care about that. In fact, I I did not. Uh, fame didn't. I you know I, you guys know famous people. Yeah, their lives aren't easy. No. Their lives are hard, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that spotlight, just the famous people that I knew, a lot of them were kind of miserable. They kind of hated it. They kind of did not want that spotlight. Right. Mm-hmm. And But what I wanted, I wanted to just go play my songs for the people who wanted to listen, for the people who would engage. And and I loved it. I loved to just be up there and engage with those audience members. Um, it was really, it was fun. Yeah. So yeah. all originals that you're playing, are you doing? For the most part, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have a hard time learning how to play other people's songs. That was oh, seriously? Really, yeah. So for a long time, even though I'm a Christian and I would play at a lot of churches, they'd yeah. say, can you lead worship? And I'm like, I don't know other people's music. <laughs> sorry. Mm, yeah. I'll, sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll give you my lyrics and yeah. they can sing my songs. But. <laughs> exactly. So that was really hard. It was hard to learn other people's no songs. No remixes or nothing. Yeah. Huh? Oh, and just... I, I was just a hack. I didn't know how to read music. I couldn't like. So you, were you self-taught completely? I mean, you've got some music history yeah. in your family, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, t- I took a couple lessons um, in college and. Um, used a book called Guitar for Dummies, but yeah. basically it was kind of like anytime I would meet another guitar player, I would I would ask them to teach me something, like mm. oh, just show me something, what, uh, do something cool, and teach me how to do it. <laughs> like that's yeah. you that just picked it up. That's how yeah, you would pick it up, basically. So yeah. let's go back to the journey. Yeah, yeah. Let, yeah. Well, hold on. Before we do that, just so we're making sure everyone knows who Tara Lee Cobble is. <laughs> if you don't, yeah, is you. You had to have come across this somewhere on the podcast app. If you've got the the Bible app, yep. you had to have seen this. So, so Tara Lee created the Bible recap, and this is this is, I mean, unbelievable. And I, I my question later on is like, did you ever anticipate this? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure the hope is is to reach as many people as possible. But currently, seventy six million oh, downloads. On and it's just the iTunes app, right? So just on one one platform. I I, I think that might be across all. Okay. I, don't, I don't know how the numbers work. Seventy six million. I just it don't want to miss speed. Yeah. Hey, you we we could do this podcast for for another seventy six years, years. <laughs> and not hit that. I don't know about that. <laughs> where, but, would our, where would our egos be at seventy six million, dude? My goal is not to be famous. Is yours? Oh, yours <laughs> is. Yours <laughs> yours definitely is to be famous. <laughs> 
Uh, but the Bible recapping, and for those of you that are unfamiliar with it, um, get familiar with it. But what you do, you literally read through the Bible following mm. this plan, the entire Bible yeah. in one year. Now it's chronological. So there's some bouncing around. So you don't just read it cover to cover. There's some bouncing around. Mm. You go to Genesis to Job and you, and you bounce around. But what's unbelievable is it simplifies it. And, and I'm not saying it's mm. brainless, but it's, it's effortless in finding it. So accessible. it's accessible mm-hmm. and yeah. it's easy. And then, so what you do is just, and we'll talk about it a little bit uh, later on, but essentially you read and then you listen to the podcast for Tara Lee's breakdown of, okay, what did I just read? What right. did I just, did? Right. I mean, how many times if you are like, okay, I'm going to read the Bible and then you read these words, but none of them connect. <laughs> like right. I'm just what reading words, yeah. right? Yeah. What did I just read? And so the breakdown is so helpful. So mm-hmm. helpful. It just makes it so clear. Okay. I get it. And then what's God's intention for me after I read this, right? right. Like what's your, What's your God spot, right? Mm-hmm. What's your, what's, what is, what is he trying to show me through this passage? So it's unbelievable. Tremendous success. Year three right now, yeah. halfway through mm. year three. And we'll, again, we'll talk through the mm. journey of that, but the Bible recap founder of that, and then more projects on the horizon, really cool projects on the horizon. So, and we'll get into those as well, mm. but back to your point, let's get back to the journey. Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. so again, we want to we want our, our listeners and community just to kind of hear a little bit more about you, how how Tara Lee came to be Tara Lee, um, you know, family upbringing, um, you know, how you were saved, uh, kind of trend going for music. I mean, what were some of the challenges early on? But just walk us through. I mean, really chronologically chronologically right. that's what's what I like right um so I, w- I was raised in a Christian home and so we went to church three times a week and um my I came from a family of entrepreneurs mm. so there was a little bit of even like kind of trying to discourage me from going to college <laughs> like mm-hmm. why would you go to college when you could just like start a business um wow. so that was sort of the the idea was like people who go to college end up working for other people so that was that was the idea. Yeah. That was oh. sort of the environment that I grew up in, which is, you know, there's a there's definitely like privilege attached to that idea. Um, but my father dropped out of high school, very poor family, dropped out of high school, um, started his own business, and now runs several several small businesses. And so that was sort of in our family DNA. Mm-hmm. So my dad owns his own businesses, my mom owns her own businesses, and um, so I decided that I just I wanted to see the world. And I wanted, I thought the way I could do that would be to be a flight attendant. Um, but, and this is something I think we may get into later, I have some heart conditions that I was born with mm-hmm. that prevented me from being able to be a flight attendant. And so I thought, what other lanes can I, and so I thought I can write songs and then, then I can just book a tour wherever I want to go. Right. So, so this is later on though. Did you have an affinity for music early on? Yeah. Did you connect with that? I started writing songs when I was a kid. Okay. And so mm. um, I was writing, like I tinkered around on piano. Mm-hmm. I, you know, played the flute a little bit. And so I started writing songs when I was a kid doing that and um, became a Christian. It's my second memory is becoming a Christian. My oh, first, wow. my first memory is saying John three sixteen with my mom, like not her teaching mm-hmm. it to me, but saying it with her. And I asked her not long ago, like, how did I know that? Mm-hmm. Cause I remember I'm playing at the foot of her sewing machine one night while she's sewing and we're saying it together. And she said, I would rock you to sleep every night saying it. So you learned it before you Mm. could speak it. Oh yeah. So were you a lot of brother sisters or is it I'm the youngest of six. Wow. Uh, And my oldest siblings, I never lived in the same house with them. They're so much older than me. Mm -hmm. So I was like a way late in life surprise. Mm -hmm. Um, 
pleasant surprise. But, uh, oh, thanks. Oh, he's, trying, um, he's trying to get points. Uh, you guys each have four kids, points. right? Yes. Four kids? Yes. And yes. what is your, a boy-girl split on yours? I have three boys and one girl. Three boys and one girl. Yes. And you have two and two. Two and two. We were three and three. And so, um, anyway, I'm the, I'm the baby, but my brother Jason, who was significantly older than me, um, my second memory is him leading me to Christ on a Saturday night while we're like playing games before bed. Mm. Um, and so, awesome. so yeah, I mean, I just have these memories. My whole childhood is saturated in church and scripture and, and family devotions around the breakfast table in the mornings. Yeah. And um, so my, my first job was working at my dad's Christian bookstore. Uh, selling Bibles, yeah, you know, uh-huh. um, which the irony of that is I was in full-time ministry before I'd ever read through the whole Bible, even though I had this incredible background that was all about church and uh, scripture and all that. I mm. never read through the whole Bible until I was in full-time ministry. That is amazing. See, but that's, exactly. that's totally a testament. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, I'm sure so common out there because yeah. it's such a, it's such a mountain, right? To mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, to really get through everything. And then we're just going to kind of marinate on the ones that we know and feel comfortable right, with. Yeah. And, uh-huh. You know, I can say enough to be dangerous, and then and then right. the rest is just so I'm just going to have faith. Yeah. And I felt like I I felt I was like I'm pretty sure I've covered it all. Like pretty, mm. I've pieced it together over the mm. years. I'm sure, and yeah. I know the important stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so, were your mother, father, and mother in the ministry at all? Were they pastors or uh, my dad? owns a Christian bookstore. And mm-hmm. so a lot of that is ministry driven. I mean, he would just sit and wait for customers to come in and have a question. He'd be like, step into my office. <laughs> like, he he <laughs> loves <laughs> yeah. to talk about the Bible. Uh-huh. And so that's his, his ministry for sure. And he did some like church planting type work. And, um, but my mom had a beauty salon. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I grew up in, in the Bible and in the beautician's chair and, um, and still managed to not read the whole Bible mm-hmm. until a pastor friend of mine, when I was touring as a musician, a pastor friend of mine said, hey, have you ever read the whole thing? And I said, mm, I'm sure I pieced it together. And he said, start today. You can read the whole thing in a year in 12 minutes a day. In 12 minutes and a I day. was like that's a commitment well, I have no excuse well the, the, how fast though, Darren reads I'd probably, no, that, probably no, 30 every minutes. day yeah I, know, Think, I mean true. every day mm-hmm. now we're not talking about you listen you grew up in a, in a <laughs> right, right, your, your foundation is different than than most, most right people. yeah for sure. but if you that's a, that's a full-time commitment even to give it you know just the focus of doing it on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. regardless of 365 right. days yeah that is a commitment. That's a it full-time is. It commitment. It is for sure. Yeah. I will tell you, though, um, the a lot of people, I think, struggle because we're either slow readers or yep. we're auditory learners. And so I'm an auditory learner. Yep. And so one of the best things for me is that Bible app will read it to me. Absolutely. It's so yep. helpful. Yeah. So, and like, I'll even, sometimes if my mind is wandering, I'll, re- I'll have it read it to me while I'm reading it with my eyes. Right. So that I stay engaged with it. But 12 minutes a day, especially if, you know, like I find you can listen to it in the shower. You can listen to it on a drive. You right. can listen to it. There's no excuse. And anybody who's listening to this podcast, they do auditory. So yeah. yeah. Well, well, well and I think, I think to your point, right, it, it's a huge, huge commitment mm-hmm. unless you have a plan. Yep. Exactly. And we and, talk about it all the time. Yeah. If you don't have a plan, then it's, it, it is what it is. But I, I guess what I'm listening to is. You know, I wish I would have had this years ago, especially when I was coming up in high school or college. We used to, in high school, we had a Bible study. And I can tell you, we would read, and it was just, we read, and that was it. We yeah. read for, you know, 30, 40 minutes. And I never really digested yeah. what I was reading. Mm-hmm. 
So having a recap and having someone, and the way I learn the same way, I learn in an auditory way. And but not only that, but if you can, if we can have a conversation, a basic conversation after the fact, now I'm digesting what I just read. Yes. And I think you know my whole goal in creating this was, I want to help people like me who who want to read the Bible or who just to be honest, maybe just want to want to read the Bible. Mm -hmm. You know. I want to help them get over whatever the obstacles are that keep them from it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So when you say 12 minutes a day, when you say uh, auditory, you have auditory options. When you say like, you know, for the book, for the, the Bible recap book, it's just two pages a day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so just make it digestible, give them a plan. And then when you, for me, the biggest obstacle was that I did not understand what I was reading. Why is this important? Yeah. Who are these people? Yeah. Why do I need to know this? And so I come and I answer those questions as they encounter them. So every day you're reading, and then you then you, then I talk with you about what we just read, and I try to anticipate what the listener or the reader's mm-hmm. questions might be mm-hmm. and answer those. So, so you mentioned while on tour, a pastor recommended that you read through the book, but how do you get to going on tour like so you're writing songs you're playing like how did we get <laughs> oh to the tour aspect tyler, of it tyler it was first of all i played one show in college and mm. then my second show was the first show of my first tour i just hustled mm. i just was i just called i would i would be like okay i want to go to denver and so mm. what are the cities between tennessee and denver that I can stop in. Let me look like I'm gonna. I'm googling like Baptist churches, Kansas City, mm-hmm. and just like calling them like, hey, it, I'm just literally just cold calling these people who don't know who I am. That's awesome. And I'm just like, can I come play some songs for your? I don't know, youth group, college group, singles group. Who? So the ones that yeah. said yes, did they like? Hey, do you have like anything we can listen That's to? Sure. Can you it's like? Crazy. And they're, are they just like sure? <laughs> I had like a little demo at okay. the time. I think it was like a three song demo okay. that I, you know, that they could listen to and decide if they wanted me to come play. <laughs> and I mean, I think I had some like pastoral references. Yeah. Uh, and then I had like a reference from the, the one church I had played at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But my thing was, you know, I, a friend in the industry told me it's not how many people you can get to have you come. It's mm-hmm. how many people ask you to come back. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so for me, it was, I made a goal. If 50% of these places ask me to come back, yes, then I'll keep doing this. Yeah. And I think about 75% of them did. That's awesome. And huh? so I was just like, all right, we're just going to keep hustling. And man, it was, it was a hustle because it's 90% no, yeah. you know, huh. it's, it's so many no's for any yes. And then, you know, I'm playing for whatever they will pay me. And some yeah. places it's $50 and some places it's, you can, we'll give you a place to sleep while you're in town and we'll mm. feed you. And I mean, I played for like crates of water one time. Crates of water. Yeah. At a college so, in what? Denton, Texas. So this grind. You're not going to name the college? You said Denton? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. It was you hear that Denton? I lived in Texas. You hear that Denton? Uh, they paid me in bottled water. Yep. <laughs> yep. I'm sorry, we're laughing. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember That's one hilarious. time I played at this I bet, church. Hey, I bet, I bet Collin County would have paid a little bit yeah. better. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's I'm true. just saying. They would have gave you some Kool-Aid or something. <laughs> oh, <my goodness. laughs> I played at a church where they were like, yeah, we'll give you a place to sleep. And I shared a bunk bed with an eight-year-old. Oh, that was where I slept that night. Yeah. So it was not glamorous. So this yeah. is, this, so that's, a, that's intriguing yeah. to me because what keeps you going? Like what's the motivation as you're, as you're grinding, oh, making these cold calls, like you're sleeping with eight, 
not with eight year olds, <laughs> next to eight year olds. Yeah. Let me clarify. Yeah. Uh, um, and, and so you're doing all these things. Like, what are you saying to yourself in your head? Like, keep going, keep going. There's, there's, there's something on the other side of this, or I'm doing this for a reason. It's, yeah. yeah what is the why? What yeah. was the why? Well, first of all, I have a sense, I have a real sense of adventure. I thought it was fun. I yeah. thought it was fun. Huh. Yeah. And then also, I was getting to meet people, and I love people. Mm. Like, people mm, are great. Go. Right. Mm. You know? And when, you, when I was able to connect with like a person in the audience who had like had a hard day and I'm able to remind them that like the Lord loves them, that they're seen, that they aren't alone in this. Um, and I mean, I just, I was having a great time. Mm. It was great. I got to meet people. I got to see the world. I got to travel. I love to travel. You wrote your, so were you writing your own songs? And I was writing my own songs. So the time it took to write your own songs. And then, and then like you said, the entrepreneur spirit was in your family yeah, anyway. Was, so cold calling was not a problem. Yeah, for yeah. You. <laughs> it was a yeah. hustle. Yeah. yeah, it was good though. You know, but I just think I think of okay this this tour period in your life mm-hmm. touring for music. I mean, the connections, the relationships that came out of that, and you're and you're kind of and it's so hard to see and really God's plan in the moment. So often, right? It's like okay, hey, why do I have this passion to do this? Why am I doing all this? I know I'm out there. I'm I'm, I'm doing I'm doing this for the kingdom, mm-hmm. but like. For what, right? I mean, it didn't want to be famous, didn't want yeah. to, I just, I wanted to do something. But, I mean, I just think of now how those relationships, what those materialized into help your platform later on in life. And, well, and you know, in addition to that, the Bible recap, which is my favorite thing I've ever mm-hmm. done, probably the best thing I'll ever do is help people know and love the Word of God, yeah. right? I mm-hmm. can't think of anything better. Yeah. The pastor that I met who told me to read the whole Bible and who mm-hmm. helped me understand and love it, who answered my questions along the way, is a guy I met on tour. Mm-hmm. I met him when I was touring as a musician. Mm-hmm. He came to one of my concerts. Mm-hmm. And that was how we became That's, friends. And, I mean, it's just the, the way that the Lord connected those dots. If I hadn't been a musician, the Bible recap wouldn't, wouldn't exist. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So keep going. Sometimes yeah, there's so many grind, layers. It's a hustle. Yeah. I mean, there's so many layers yeah. to you, Tara Lee, as far as you know, your, your servant spirit, the hustle, <laughs> the grind, yeah. the not giving up. There's just so many layers to this, and and I don't want to. I don't want to jump into the Bible recap just yet. I still want to get a better understanding of what was high school. Those high school years like were they. Were you still in, in in tune to to scripture, or did you? Was there any time throughout this process that you you know stepped moved away. or stepped away? So in high school, I was I was the president of FCA. I loved the Lord. I led a uh-huh. Bible study. I was really involved with my youth group, all that. Um, and I, what's what's crazy is when I look back and I see how very little I actually knew about the Lord. Mm-hmm. And yet I was leading these things. I was doing these things. And even in ministry, to be in ministry and have not read the Bible, like just all of that, the Lord was so merciful and so generous mm. in those times um, because high school Terry Lee thought she knew everything about God. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought, I like, yeah. Uh, in college and post-college, there was, a, I went through a real, I'm, I'm a single person um, and I have never been married mm-hmm. and uh, I've had a couple big heartbreaks and in one of them, there was a time where I was ready to just walk away from the Lord. Mm-hmm. When I was like, I've served, I've served you with my life. I've been leading Bible studies and doing ministry and all of this, and you have not given me the husband that I think you owe me. Mm-hmm. And that wow. sense of entitlement mm-hmm. and not recognizing that all the time I thought I was in this transactional relationship with God. Yeah. 
And so to get my heart <laughs> yeah. broken and to not get what I thought God owed me mm-hmm. and th- the overlapping of that, the timing, Darren, <laughs> it was when I was reading the Bible for the first time mm-hmm. mm. and I'm encountering these things about God that I was really, really having a hard time with. There are things in scripture that I had never seen because I hadn't read it. And so I'm seeing them for the first time and I don't necessarily like them. Mm-hmm. Mm. And you partner that with a heartbreak where you feel like God's holding out on you. And it was rough. Mm. And I almost walked away. I, I remember telling that pastor, I went to him and I said, I don't think I like this God that I, that I like, you know, I've been telling people about a God that I didn't really know based on a book that I hadn't really read. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm reading it, I'm not sure I like him. Mm-hmm. Do I quit all of this and become a barista? Like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And he knew what I was going through in my, in my personal life. And he said, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you're reading the Bible, are you maybe looking for yourself instead of God? And I was like, yep. He's yeah. like, you're looking for what God owes you, yep. and promises you can cling to to back him into a corner. Or maybe you're looking for a to-do list so you can do all these things to please God so he'll give you what you mm-hmm. want. Mm-hmm. He was like, stop looking for yourself. Start looking for God. God, that's powerful. That is powerful. So I read the book again. Yeah. I started over, fell in love with him. Same book, totally different heart response. Yeah. Totally different. But man, I was this close. And if I hadn't had someone say to me, oh. you're reading this backwards, you're reading like it's a mirror. Yeah. It's not mm-hmm. a mirror. It's a, sto- it's a lens into who God is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so selfish of us. Like, right? is that not us? I mean, that's, yes. I was going to say, anybody is- out there that that has known God or oh. tried to know God or whatever your faith, if yeah. you say that you've not gone through that period in your oh, life or absolutely. are in that period, yeah. you are lying to yourself and you're lying to everyone around you. If yeah. you say you've not gone through that because, and, I, and that's so true is we are, we are misled in a way that it's so transactional, right? Yeah. If we do this, if we behave this, this way, way, if we love yep. this way, if we, you know, treat our neighbor this way, if we do this, then the blessings will come, right? I mean, right. we're even taught at a young age, like right. in prayer, right? Like what to pray for. We pray for the things we want. And if we behave, yeah. then we get the things that we want. Yeah. Right. And that's so far yeah. from what God wants yeah. from us, right? And the relationship yeah. with him. But I totally empathize with that. I mean, yeah. and I think yeah. we all do mm-hmm. is it's hard. Those hard times. Yeah. When, when we're hurt, it's like, God, you owe me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and yeah. the things I said to the Lord in that time, I, I remember sitting at a stop sign and slamming my hands onto the steering wheel and saying, I regret obeying you. It mm. didn't get me what I wanted. Mm. And my heart was revealed like, oh, I'm doing this to get what I want from well, him. Yep. Yeah, we're selfish. So, okay, so that pastor kind of walked you through it. Was there any other mentors that kind of helped you through that phase in your life? Someone yes. that, that you yeah. were able to lean on and be honest with? Because that's that's a huge fear to admit what mm-hmm. you just admitted, especially in a position that um, that you're in from an influence position because you're supposed to be perfect. You're supposed <laughs> yeah. to have it all yeah. figured out, and that's yeah. why I'm teaching you, right? Mm-hmm. And, oh, no, no, I don't want to be that hypocritical Christian. No, right. we all one, we're all sinners. Two, we right. all fail. We yeah. all struggle. We all like, and to not admit that, I think sort of love about you is that you're just so authentic and people can connect to you because you're so real right. about everything. Yeah. So through that period though, who else was there to mentor and to, yeah. to kind of help encourage you through that time? I was so grateful to have the mentors in my life that I did. I had another pastor friend of mine who actually, he, he pastors a church now, but at the time he was 
I ended up signing with like a small independent record label and he worked at that record label mm. and um, he would give me these reading challenge. He would tell me, Hey, read this book. Hey, read this book, you know, study this thing, listen to this sermon. And so I was talking to him about those things and he was sort of reiterating the same things that the other pastor friend was saying. Mm. And so I'm, now I'm hearing it from two different friends who know me, who've walked through life with me. And then um, another friend of mine, she has, she's mentored me for over a decade and um, she just was really compassionate in it. Um, so I'm so grateful for those people who, who walked alongside me in it and have, have continued to walk through some of the hardest stuff in life. Does that ever stop? Is it, honestly, does that ever stop? Do you always need that accountability partner or those people, those mentors in your life to, to continue this growth? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think we will always need other people, whether it is somebody who is, you view them as a peer who's mm-hmm. walking alongside you or somebody who's further along in the journey who, who can point things out to you. And now for some people, you know, some friends of mine who are older, like I asked my mentor who mentors him and he's like, I, it's mostly, I'm reading books at this point because mm-hmm. there's not many people older than me, you know? Yeah, right. And so I'm like, <laughs> yeah. okay, that's fair. Yeah. Um, and so um, I think we always need outside eyes, right. you know? Yeah. Got to have those other people who are, who are, are watching your back, getting your back, yeah, and see, right. see what you can't see, who've been through what you are about to go through. Right? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. so true. And we, we talked about this uh, recently on, our, on a recent episode, just that third-party perspective, mm-hmm. right? It's really easy to give other people advice, but it's really hard to give yourself <laughs> advice, advice yeah. Yeah. right? And uh-huh. so if you, if you just have someone... So that's, that's good. Okay. So, so touring, and then you said, okay, I kind of transitioned into speaking because I was, you wrote some books at the time. Mm -hmm. So talk us through, Hey, now I'm going to write a book. When when did that come up? Well, uh, I'd been, I'd been keeping a blog on my website and a publisher contacted me and said, uh, would you ever want to write a book about what it's like to be an independent musician traveling around the world in your Camry, you know? And I was like, (laughs) sure. So I wrote a book and just sort of a memoir style, like, here's how I became a Christian. Here's how I became a musician. Here's what it's like to travel as an independent musician in my car, playing for bottled water in Denton, Texas. <laughs> and um, I told that story in the book. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I wrote the, these books, and it did afford me some speaking opportunities. Mm-hmm. The publishing company then closed. It doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I was the last book they published. Uh, but that was, that was fun, and I realized I really like writing. Like, I really yeah. like this. This is a yeah. fun process. What is that process? Like, uh, having never written a book, uh-huh. never wrote a book, right. uh-huh. and I can't tell you the last time I wrote a paper <laughs> myself, <laughs> um, but what is that process like? I mean, you just, like, pull over while you're on tour and just sit down with a notepad and write it out, or, I mean, what is it even like? I mean, what's the structure? What's the format? I mean, how yeah. do you figure it? Do you have coaching along the way? Do you have a ghostwriter? How does that all work? I took the, for me, the the thing that I wanted to do was, again, chronological. Mm-hmm. I was like, how do I tell the story in order? And so I would take, like, little snapshots of my life, even kind of like what we're doing here today, like, mm-hmm. here's how I became a Christian. Here's how this happened. Mm-hmm. Here's how I became a whatever. And I put those out in order, and I wrote, like, on little three-by-five cards, okay, write this story, write this story, write this story. Like, tell about when you became a Christian. Tell about when you became mm-hmm. this. Tell about when this happened. Mm-hmm. And... um I would go to a coffee shop and take three of those three by five cards and write out those stories. Mm-hmm. And then I took about a month off of the road and just sat down and tried to like or put it all together in order and edit it and make sure the stories flowed nicely together and but I didn't repeat myself and then sent that to the publisher and their editor worked her magic. Yeah. 
And thank God for editors. They're the, I love <laughs> them. They're kind of like those, that third party, of yeah. the outside yeah. eyes. You yeah. need somebody else looking at something through a different lens than you do. Mm-hmm. And so I just. That's why I send all my emails through Darren for him to read and edit before I Please. send Please. So that out. definitely is not happening. Trust me on that one. I, 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 I'm you have so, enough to do with your time, I, right? Not enough. Uh, I, I, I'm. You know, I know you you wrote music earlier. So was it easier for you to because you put a pen to pad mm-hmm. and just in, in your writing in, in your song from a creative, yeah, yeah in aspect your creative aspect, well, yeah. yeah. So did was it kind of easier for you to make that transition just to to I write th- a book? I think it probably was uh, maybe easier than if I hadn't ever written anything because yeah. you're used to trying to communicate clearly. Yeah, right. in a song you have to be so much more succinct mm-hmm. than than in you know a full a full book. Right. Um, different. They're, they each require a different skill set, but the skill sets are very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, like they can move and flex to serve one thing or another. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, probably had an easier go of it. Yeah. So you're you, you get you write the book, uh, which offered you speaking engagements through this whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you said you enjoyed it, but when it comes to impact, right? You're you're at an age where you're just like okay, like. What's the rest? What's the path, right? What am I doing? Yeah. How am I impacting people? What am I meant to do? Is it uh-huh. continuing with music? Is it continuing writing? But did you have a picture or an idea of what that impact was supposed to be or look like? Or, hey, like, why did God put me here? Like, why is he doing these things to me? That's a great question. And that it's, it's so interesting because there was a moment where I realized I'm having a greater impact through my books and my talks than I am through my music. Mm. And I thought about my own life, and I'd never thought that song changed my life, but I had thought that book changed my life or that Mm. sermon changed Mm -hmm. my life. And so I began to realize, like, oh, the things that have impacted me in a long-term way have been more, have been less in the lane of music and more in the lane of books or speaking, things like that. I do feel like, though, in Darren's case, there's one song, that did change your life, written written by Sir Mix a lot. <laughs> so it was life changing for him. <laughs> hey, you know what? <laughs> that has no place. Ben <laughs> is just over here shaking his head silently. Just like, oh my god! Uh, I expected it. I, he's like, I knew it was coming somewhere. <laughs> Some inappropriate joke. How often does that? Does you know what? It's very inappropriate at this time. I don't feel comfortable having that discussion. <laughs> Authentic. Hey, it's okay if that's okay, a life-changing okay. song for you. We don't have to hide that right now. Be the real you. I'm all caught up. It's Lee's story. You, here you go. Yeah. So, but but from an impact perspective, you're like, okay, hey, I'm I'm making a, a much more I don't know profound, but a larger right. impact. Right. Speaking yeah. and writing. Yeah. And he's right. Okay, this is this is what I'm supposed to do at this time. Or yeah, I started leaning into it okay. more and more, and I really started. Uh, I, Sad to say, I started not liking playing concerts. Mm-hmm. It felt like a waste of time. Mm. Because when you feel like you're making more of an impact, it's like, why am I, why am I doing this other thing yeah. that just is, like, it's just fluff right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not as good at it. It's not making as much of an impact. And so I just didn't, I wanted to sideline it. Mm-hmm. And so I began just praying, like, God, make a way for me to do, like, the speaking, writing thing full time and to just come off the road as a musician. Mm-hmm. And um, plus, it's a whole lot easier to not have to carry around guitars everywhere you go. And water. Yeah. Water and water, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, So it's funny, like this 
is the segues into um, my open heart surgeries. Mm-hmm. So the, I was born with a few birth defects mm-hmm. in my heart, and they'd told me, you're going to need to have these fixed at some point, but we want to wait as long as we can because if we have to replace your aortic valve, you're going to have to have that surgery done every 10 years because mm-hmm. that's about how long the replacements last. And so we want to just wait as long as we can. Um, sidebar, I'd been told all these things I wasn't allowed to do because of my heart condition, like running, lifting over a certain number of pounds, mm-hmm. doing all these things. And I just I just got to the point where I wasn't listening anymore, so I started running road races. Mm. And I was like... Which is a whole other thing we're talking about, by the way. There's a whole set... Yes. So I started running these road races, and I was like doing half marathons and all this and loving it and stopped going to my cardiologist. Um I was like, you're not going to tell me what to do. And so yeah. I just yeah. did my own thing. And then my insurance company was like, uh, we don't have a report from your cardiologist. Can you get that for us? So I go back and they're like, you've ruined your heart. Oh. You have to have open heart surgery now. And so pretty quickly I had to have these surgeries and um, went in for the first one thinking there was only going to be one major one and then like a second minor one. Mm-hmm. And during the first one they were like, it's going to be two major ones back to back. Just as soon as you get better from this first one, Go back. I need you to come back uh, for a second one. Physically, so. were you still feeling okay? Yeah, I felt great. Oh, yeah, mm. I felt great, and I, uh, I felt healthy. And then I, but then, within a week or two of them telling me now's the time and you have to have the surgery now, I started almost passing out everywhere I went. Did you the anxiety? Yeah. Yeah. No, my heart, my heart, Your heart, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I would just I would just be sitting down huh. and all of a sudden my body would be like we're we're done here. Wow. And so but they had told me they'd been keeping this watch on it. I was going in for a checkup every year and then it became every 6 months and then it became every 3 months. Mm-hmm. And they were when they were like now's the time. I had a trip. I had a trip to Europe and Israel planned. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Can we do this after I get back from <laughs> Europe and Israel?" <laughs> and they were like, "Uh and they said, okay, but you need to find a cardiologist in every town that you're going to mm. um, in case you have an aortic dissection. Right. So I found a cardiac hospital wait in all a minute, these places. Wait a minute. Let's go back on that. Uh-huh. So they tell you, <laughs> they, the doctor tells you mm-hmm. that you may want not, he probably basically told you, you shouldn't do this, right? You shouldn't go on this trip to, yeah. to Israel. You may want to yeah, stay here. There's a the, good chance that you're going to probably <laughs> rupture your sure. aortic valve in Istanbul. So <laughs> find a doctor there. <laughs> and you went anyway. I went anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I it was probably arrogant. But again, I was feeling fine at the time. Yeah. I didn't right. feel anything bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I remember sitting in Florence, Italy. On a, I just had to sit down like on the sidewalk because I was like, I'm not okay. Right. And I almost mm. passed out again in Jerusalem. Mm. And I mean, just a few times on that trip. And it was like, it was like three weeks I was gone. Mm. And by the time I got back, I was like, get me on that operating table right now. You're ready. Because yeah. I am not okay. Mm. Yeah. And so during that first surgery where they were able to repair my aortic valve, didn't have to have the replacement, mm. praise God. Um, so they repaired it, but they discovered this whole other much bigger problem and so the first surgery was they, through my sternum, and the second surgery was through my back. And in the second surgery, um, I was accidentally electrocuted. Um, and so uh, when they were cauterizing the incision, I was electrocuted, and there was a, a burn the, the size of a grapefruit into my back that was just an open wound for mm. four months. And um, after recovering from that, from two open-heart surgeries and an electrocution, my lungs wouldn't, I didn't have lung capacity anymore oh. for the singing. 
And so it was like, all right, well, Health we're done. done with that. <laughs> so God, you made it very so clear. Thank you, yeah. Lord, yeah. that you answered that prayer in a different way than I imagined. But, but really? I came off the road from, from music after that. Uh, I got to ask, how, how do you get electrocuted during a surgery? Right. Well, so uh, they cauterize you. So the, the incision, incision, the incision right. on my back is a 12-inch incision. And they're cauterizing it to, to close it. And they use this little... Um, Laser or... I, I don't know exactly what it is, but it like burns your skin together, mm-hmm. I guess. And so um, that device arced and all the electricity went into me. Um, yeah. And so I've oh been told God. that that this is not... It's, it's not common, but it does happen. Mm-hmm. And that it causes fires in operating rooms... Um, that that's not an unheard of thing. Um, mm-hmm. In uh. fact, I was told by one doctor that entire ORs have burned down because of these devices Vices. malfunctioning. Um, hmm. Interesting. So, yeah. Sounds like a pretty large lawsuit. <laughs> well, in the great state of Texas, it is not um, because of medical malpractice mm. uh, laws. So, wow. Yeah, I talked to three lawyers, and they said, um, unless you've been decapitated... <laughs> Um, or, you could sue or, after that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or you've lost a limb or you've been paralyzed. Uh, those are the only times that we will do medical malpractice because it's just, wow. it's uh, such a low payout. The cap yeah. is such a low payout. I think it's 250000 or at least it was at the time um, for anything if you win. If you win. If you win. Oh, my yeah. gosh. So, so. Yeah. Okay, so that's the second surgery. Uh-huh. Um, and, and so you lose lung capacity, so singing is as a profession right. is not an option. Mm-hmm. Um, so what does that recovery look like? What's, what are you getting back to getting, trying to get normalized life after yeah. that surgery? So yeah. what did that look like for you? Life was real weird for about, I would say six months. Okay. Um, all of the, I was under a lot of hours of anesthesia back to back. And so there's still spaces in that time that I can't really account yeah. for. Yeah. I had a friend who came to visit me. I don't remember her being there, like just losses of memory, things mm-hmm. like that. And so there, there are aspects of that that I don't really recall during that time frame. Um, and I just was grateful to have friends and family who came alongside. I mean, I, Tiffany tried to get me to move into your house. She was like, well, well you can sleep on the, in this bedroom right. on the first floor. We'll have every, like, it was just the sweetest, so kind. Um, and just had really kind friends who took me in um, and took care of me. And um, then probably about... A year later, I, mm-hmm. I felt they told me it would take about a year until I felt normal again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that recovery just, you know, I, I remember I could not wait to start running road races again. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I ran a 10K a couple, like, couple months, I think, after my second open heart surgery. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is what it feels like to run when your heart works. This is was it that so much different? Easy. It was that really? much different? It was so easy. It was huh. so easy. Wow. It was amazing. And I'm still slow. Don't get me wrong. I didn't win or anything. <laughs> but, like, it was just so much easier. Yeah, I was right. like, I ran once to train for it. Hmm. Once. And then just went and out and knocked ran, it out. Yeah. And it was, like, my fastest time on a 10K yet. I was like, this is so great. But then, here's the humbling part. Two weeks later, there was a 15K. And I was like, I'm going to do this 15K. I've never done a 15K before. Why not? Like, mm-hmm. 9.3 miles. Right. Let's do this, you know. And, um I got, I started out the road race and there are only like, I think there were three other women maybe running mm-hmm. in this, this whole race. It's a very small race. And I was like, I could medal. I could, I could, I could yeah. medal. All I have to do is beat 
one of these women, and then I met her. This is amazing. Nope. I was the slow, like, they were all gone. Literally, I'm so slow that there was a, a golf cart kept running behind me, picking up the mile markers as I passed them. No. <laughs> like, waiting for me to pass them so they pick them up. I'm like, all right, you humble me, Lord. I get it. Hey. But I still love, I love running. Don't stop. Just keep going. Yeah. yeah. But I, st- I just love it. I don't care if I'm slow. I don't have yeah. to be good at it. No. It's the same with music. I was like, I don't have to be good at this. I just like doing it. That, mm. That's funny for someone that's on tour that gets paid to do it. I don't have to be good <laughs> right? at it. I just got to show up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's fun. That's great. That's yeah. so awesome. So, okay. So we, we skipped over a little bit of the starting the D group because it, it was in the time where you're writing. When did you create, when did like the idea of D group? Yeah. That's materialize. Just, that materialized when I was on tour okay. and I would come home from tour and I would really want deep, quick yeah. community. Because mm-hmm. again, I'm gone for six, eight weeks at a time. I yeah. want to come home and I don't want to have small talk. Right. You know, right. I need real relationships because I'm traveling by myself. Right. And so I want to come home to something deep and rich. Mm-hmm. And so I had, uh, I had just moved, I lived in New York city and I just moved from New York city to this little town in South Carolina and um, I knew some of the pastors there, and um, I just said, hey, I want to start this thing that's kind of like the CrossFit of Bible studies is how I envision it. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, it's really intense, but you build this great community mm-hmm. as, you know, as a result of having this intense mission together. And so they, you know, it was me and nine college girls, and I didn't, I'd met one of them before. But, man, that was a real proving ground for it being how yeah. you build deep, rich relationships. Like, right. I'm still friends with these people. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and some of them are still in D group and it's, you know, D group is 12 years old now. Right. And so some of them are still in, still involved. uh Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And, Uh. and we now have, you know, I think 300 plus D group leaders We're on five or six continents. Um, it's just been, and then not a small program through the men, you know, the men got involved because it was some of these, these girls that I started it with got married and their husbands were like, Hey, I want, like, I've, I've seen how much my wife has grown as a result of being in this. Mm-hmm. I want to do this. Let's right. be honest. The wife said, uh, Tim, <laughs> you're, you're starting yes. this. <laughs> Go. You, you and your friends need Jesus. So, okay, what brings you to Dallas then? Because you, you're now located in Dallas. What, what was that transition and why, why did you decide? This to, is where the bottled water is, right? It's true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, no, I um. I was t- I had toured in Texas quite a few times yep. and just really loved Texas and Texans mm. and um, I like the I like the dry heat. I know you guys don't think it's a dry heat, but when you're from the south I was gonna say it's a yeah. dry heat. Yeah. Comparatively. Yes. And I would so, agree. Yeah. And I just every time I came to Texas I was like, man, there's just something really sweet about this place. Yeah. And I'll be honest, also, just as a little girl, I always loved the Dallas Cowboys. That's right. Dallas Cowboys, you know? Yeah. So So how was it connecting into, like, so it's a a big city, right? uh So how was it for you connecting? Did it start, hey, look, I'm going to plug into a church. Did you know where you wanted to go? Because you were at the village for a while. Is that where you started when you came to Dallas? Okay. Got plugged in there and Uh then made a lot of friendships through, um, actually, Candace Romo. Yeah. Um, So I met Mm -hmm. Candace early on, Mm -hmm. and she's how I met your wife. Yes. So how I know you. Yep. And um, started doing D-group you know, at the Romo's house and, mm-hmm. um, and just made a lot of connections through that. Mm-hmm. And, um, the Lord just continued to open doors and doors and doors and, um, just 
so grateful. Texas yeah. has really become such a sweet home. Yeah. I, yeah. I would agree with you there. Yeah. We're going to take a real quick break, uh, talk about something that uh, we, if you've been listening to the show, uh, we've, uh, we've enlightened you uh, to the opportunity that you have up in Durant, Oklahoma. But I want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the really cool events and concerts coming up to Choctaw Resort and Casino in Durant, Oklahoma, uh, here over the next month or so. Um, really, really great venue. Uh, actually, was talking to... Uh, uh, an artist that played there a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's one of their favorite places they played. Um, so imagine the artist loves it. Can't imagine what a, a spectator, um, what that's like, but really, really cool spot. But coming in the month of August, I want you guys to be aware of these Dan and Shay, August 6th, Miranda Lambert, August 12th and 13th, Clint Black and Steve Warner, uh, August 20th. And then you've got Darius Rudker and Larry Fleet on the 21st. And then also Carrie Underwood and the Swan Brothers on the 27th. And then if you're into comedy, you got Gabriel Iglesias on the 28th. Jam-packed month of uh, concerts and comedians. Make sure to go check them out. Jump onto their website, uh, Choctaw Resort and Casino in Durant, Oklahoma. Make sure to get up there. It's just a short drive from DFW. It's worth a drive. I guarantee it. Back to the show. So, so you, you're growing, uh, D group nationally, internationally. Um, but then let's, let's get on to Bible recap, how that, that came about I guess the idea started back on tour, but when, how long ago, cause you've been, it's been live for three years, uh-huh. but when was the idea? Like, this is what we're doing. Like, this is, Ooh, we're getting yeah. this going. Uh, so we started in January 2019. Okay. I had the idea in September 2018. Okay. So about four months prior okay. to launch, I had the idea, and it just came fully formed. It just, mm. I mean, all of the whole idea came fully formed, but I thought it was going to be easy. Yeah. I thought, oh, I've read the Bible now so many times through. Yeah. I have all these notes from all my prior trips through the scriptures, and I'll just, you know, put those notes together and kind of string mm-hmm. them together like I did with the book, just string this together and here we go. Mm-hmm. Had no idea how much work it was going to be. And but I thought like, oh, this will take me, you know, an hour or two a week mm-hmm. and I'll piece it together. It's going to be a short daily podcast, 8 to 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So what is that? You know, an hour of yeah, me talking. A little a prep week. time talking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Easy yeah. peasy, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was the plan, yeah. was to, to launch in January. So I don't think I even started working on it until the end of, like, mid to end of December. Because I thought it was going to be so easy. Yeah, And so I was like, yeah, we'll just roll this out in a couple weeks and no problem. Yeah, I'll get a couple yeah. weeks ahead. Yeah, and then, yeah. exactly. Yeah, what did it really look like? <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, boy. It was so humbling. It was, uh, on average, about 100 hours a week of work. Um, average. Yeah. hundred hours a week. hundred hours a week. Yeah. And, um, so I just shut my world down. Yeah. I just, I told all my friends, I'll see you in a year. There were five people that I had to see every week just to make sure I stayed alive and whatever. And I told them, I was like, I'm not going to have anything to talk about. So we're going to get together and you just tell me about your life. Cause I'm just going to be in my home reading the Bible and talking about the Bible. Um, and, but it was, I would literally just every day, it was a, on average, like I would work for about 15 hours. Um, in addition to, I'm having to still do D group work. Yeah, I'm having yeah. to still run this ministry and mm-hmm. do D group. 
but I was having to read all these commentaries, read through the scriptures, looking in Greek and Hebrew lexicons, mm. and writing out explanations in addition to my, you know, all my notes from all the trips that I've taken through mm. scripture, piecing it together, and then recording it in what was originally a cardboard. Yeah, Amazon so box. Ben brought no. this up. Yeah. So t- talk <laughs> us through your recording studio, your initial recording studio. Well, I just was like doing it in my apartment mm-hmm. and I had a one bedroom apartment. Didn't don't there's no room to like build a studio in there. There's not like a big closet mm-hmm. space I can dive mm-hmm. into. And uh, so I and I needed to be able to record whenever I could. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I just don't know how long it's gonna take me to write this stuff and yeah. I just I needed to be able to do it whenever I could. So I knew it needed to be in mm-hmm. my apartment. So I had an Amazon box and I had an old sheepskin rug that I shoved in my Amazon (laughs) box and I bought a microphone on Amazon and stuck it in the middle of that box and I would just stick my head in that box and record usually at around two in the morning. Two in the morning? Why is that because because of the noise outside? Because I, I live in uptown Dallas and it's not quiet and I had to do it mostly at a time when I couldn't hear my neighbor's air conditioning kick on. Right. Uh, and you so mean the like the thing the that night. you hear over your shoulder every, yeah. every seven or eight minutes in our studio? Yeah. <laughs> Middle of the night is when the air conditioning kicks on the least mm-hmm. in Texas. And so I was recording usually from like 2 to 4 a.m. I would That's record. Wild. And so now would you write out your script yeah. for every, for every, so, okay. So there's no Everything's scripted. Yeah. yeah. When was the last time we wrote something down? Oh I mean, Ben gosh, writes it down please. every week, but <laughs> no. you know, I'm curious how much were you going back and forth with, I mean, were you talking to scholars through this process as well? Some of it I would. So one of the things I really tried to do with the Bible recap is I only, I don't want to scream where scripture whispers and I don't want to whisper where scripture screams. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so if mm. scripture is clear about yeah. something, I will say it clearly. Right. But if it is an area that's kind of like, hmm, I don't know, like the, these people make good points and these people make good points and some people believe this. And, and even if I have an opinion, I usually don't want the listener to know what my opinion is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I would, I had a few friends who um, are people that I respect, who are very well-read, well-studied, um, who disagree with me on some things. Mm-hmm. And when I would say, hey, you have a different view on baptism than I do. I'm going to write this episode. I want you to tell me if you um, think I've represented your point fairly. Mm-hmm. And then I would have somebody else read it and I would say, okay, here's, here are the lenses that I've given on this. Can you tell which one is my opinion? Because I want, I want to make sure you can't, right? You know, mm-hmm. and so I would, I would try to go back and forth with other pastors and theologians, and and make sure that they felt that their point was fairly represented, right? Um, you know, I'm, I'm curious about because there's, you know, there's so many thoughts on on that in that process because however you do, you, you know, the desire to to bring it out, like I, I, what what were those. Those pastors, what were their thoughts? I mean, there had to be a difference of opinion. Yeah, yeah, and, for you know, sure. For a number of them. So how did mm-hmm. you get to the point to where you felt like this is, you know, the direction you wanted to go? As far as um, how I've represented each of the points or how, even just deciding. How you represented each of the points. Yeah. Um, it was really just asking them. I, and I wanted, I think one of the things that I wanted to be able to do was I wanted somebody who was maybe reading scripture for the first time, mm-hmm. who didn't have an opinion. I wanted them to be able to look at all the different opinions and we'll yeah. give, we even give them like bonus resources. Like here, if you want to dig into this deeper. Uh, yeah. And okay. so, because it's an eight minute mm-hmm. podcast, I don't have time right. to unpack everything. Right. Mm-hmm. So in the show notes, we're going to link you to this mm-hmm. and check that out if you want more information. Right. But we, I just really wanted um, to give equal playing time 
as much as possible mm-hmm. to anything that I felt could be supported by scripture. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's not something that's supported by scripture, I don't want, it's not going to get right. equal playing time. Right. I'm not going to ever be on, be on the Bible recap and say, some people believe Jesus was the son of God. Others believe he was just a good teacher. Right. Like I'm not going right. to, I'm yeah. never going to be like, let's hear the good teacher side. Right. No, yeah. because he's the son of God. God. He right. is God. Right. Yeah. And so, um, there were just these spaces where I'm like, I'm going to give each side equal room and That's like awesome. have mm-hmm. them read it and review it and make them feel like, mm-hmm. you know, make sure they feel represented. So you're doing this initially by yourself with the help of maybe what was there? I have a team who helps me like upload the show notes. Well now, but I'm saying then it. at the very beginning, yeah. right? Because, because there's, I mean, time there's, I mean, there's, mm-hmm. It takes resources yeah. to get these things yeah. kicked off, uh-huh. right? It's not yeah. like, mm. hey, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do this, right? And right. there's nothing associated with it. Like right. I can just do it. So, how did you manage that? How did you manage other people's relationships? Them volunteering their time. Yeah. I mean, how? Because it's like you said, entrepreneur, right? This is a, <laughs> this is, this is ministry, but, mm-hmm. but ministry also has to be ran efficiently, effectively. Right. So there is yeah. the business aspect of it as well. I don't like saying ministries, but, but it is. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Churches have to operate like a business, right? right. You have to be fiscally responsible. I mean, there's yeah. there's a lot that goes into yeah, it. Yeah, and you want to respect the time of the other people who yes. are involved in it. Yes. You know? And so I did. I had people on our team who essentially with D Group, one of the things that we do is um, there are people in D Group who have skills that they want to use to help D group. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I had a friend who is a graphic designer and she was like, Hey, have you thought about like building out something every day to put on Instagram? And I was like, no, I have not. <laughs> I've been right. too busy mm-hmm. reading my Bible for a hundred hours a week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so she was like, let me design something like every day when you have something that like jumps out at you that you think could be like the sticking point for that day. Yeah. Like, write it in a document, share it with me, I'll design something to go around it. Mm. And so these people who are bringing their talents to the table, and then, um, you know, our, our friend Courtney Vaughn, Dustin yeah. Vaughn's wife, um, she, I was like, hey, I know you're real busy right now. <laughs> Could you transcribe all my journals for me? So she took, I had a stack of journals, mm. almost a foot high, that she took from all my trips through the Bible, and she wrote out, wrote, typed it into a document, so that all of my years of notes from day one were on one page. And all from my years like of chapter to chapter, broken down yeah, by... Oh my all of it. And gosh. she wrote it all in a document so that I didn't have to waste time doing that. And I, wow. I recruited her for that. So yeah. some people volunteered. Some people were recruited. Yeah. And, um, and thank God for all of those people who just yeah. made it happen. They helped me make it happen. I could not have done it without But them. you planted those seeds, though. You serve so many. Man. I mean, that's what happens. Well, that's, when, you, when you do good... When people catch the vision, when, Absolutely. Catch, when yeah. they're served by the vision, when it yep. has fed their soul, they want to help spread the food, Absolutely. you know? So yeah. it's like when you have tasted a really good meal, you mm. want other people to eat there too. That's right. Mm. And um, so that has, I've just been so grateful for all those people. Who so in that first me. year, I mean, you had, you had to be exhausted. You had to be weary. What, what was it? I'm going to ask the question again in a different phase. Like what was that? source of energy for you that's like oh we got to keep doing this yeah. was it hey i made a commitment to get through the year or was it hey like i know this is making an impact what was what was that 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 mindset going through those really difficult times it evolved over the year um so at first it was oh my goodness people are doing this because i really thought my prayer my pipe dream was that if i can get 300 people to read through the bible with me I'll be so happy. Mm. 300 people was like what mm. I really wanted to atta- attain someday. Mm. 
And I woke up on January 1st, the day we launched, to 300 messages. Just messages, wow. not? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, oh my goodness. This is, people are listening. People are doing mm-hmm. this. Yeah. I was blown away. And so that was, that was like, there was a little bit of panic. That was what yeah. kept me going at first was panic. Right. <laughs> people like, are on. Yeah, yeah. The responsibility, the commitment to yeah. it. And like, I mean, people are catching my errors. If I misspeak and I call, you know, uh, Noah Jonah or whatever, like they yeah. catch it and they're like, hey, you said the wrong name. And so mm. people Thanks. are really yeah. listening. Appreciate like, you. Right? Yeah. I mean, but, you know, the good thing about podcasts yeah. is you can go back and edit it. Yes. You can go fix it. Yeah. Um, or if somebody says, hey, you didn't. Like, you didn't cover this at all. Why did mm. you not cover this? And it's yeah. like, oh, you know what? That actually is important. Let me yeah. get, put that in. Yeah. Um, and so going back <laughs> You're to listening the to the critics. You're, yeah. you're listening to all the, the critiques and then going yeah. back and filling the... Yeah, going back and software. editing it. So we have, I mean, That's, at the end of every month, we have what's called reflections and corrections. Uh-huh. So it's like, hey, here's something I said wrong. Here's something I could have said better. Mm. You yeah. know? And we, we fill in those gaps. That's amazing. Um, That's amazing. And so... Um, I, I'm like, I'm learning too, right? Uh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I know it all just because, I, I mean, like, I'm still, I've now done two other trips through the Bible and I'm still learning new yeah. stuff. And I'm like, oh, I got to put that in, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, just, I love that about scripture, mm-hmm. living mm-hmm. and active, always learning something new. Right. And um, which is, as a person who loves excitement and adventure, I love that. I yeah. never want it to be boring. I, yeah. I'm after the fun, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, at first it was this panic and yeah. this responsibility, but then the stories started coming in of people who were saying, this is where I quit in my reading plan every year. And I'm just now getting like so engaged and excited. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then people who were saying, Oh my goodness, this has never made sense to me before. I've always really struggled with this part and you explained it in a way that made sense. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm understanding God in a way that I never have. And, and probably it was probably three or four months into the year and Courtney Vaughn had become my assistant at that point. I'd like roped her into like, hey, can you respond to emails for me now too? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that you've transferred all my journals, let's find another task for you to do. Uh, and so I'd roped her into being my assistant. So she is getting the emails. Yeah. So she is now the person who's getting, I didn't want the praise to bolster me and I didn't want the criticism to destroy me. Mm, and so yeah. I said, hey, anything that you feel like is really meaningful, pass it along. Anything you feel like, if it's criticism that there's merit, pass it along. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want, you know, just somebody who doesn't, who, like there was somebody who just, I open every day's reading with, hey, Bible readers, and there was somebody who didn't like that I said, hey, Bible readers. And, she, you know, just things like that. I'm like, I'll that's like you your, that's your, like, that's your line. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's how you know you found the right, right app. I'm exactly. trying to figure out yeah. what is wrong with, hey, Bible readers. They thought it felt um, like... Um, hey, Bible readers, like just like too like like cutesy oh and like they're a little kid. But the thing is, someone like, has some way people. too much time. <laughs> some people, way if you're too out much there listening time. Person who said that, I'm sorry, but we stuck with it. Um, well, we would know because yeah. they'd, they'd have plenty of critiques for our show. <laughs> oh. That's for sure. But you know, everybody's going to have an opinion about something. But yeah. my thought was, I I intentionally chose that phrase because I want people who are listening to this to identify themselves as Bible, Bible readers. readers. Yeah, you know, that, I want yeah. them to think of themselves as a person mm-hmm. who reads the Bible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to call them by that name. Yeah. So anyway, Courtney's job was to filter that, filter these emails and send me things that are meaningful or that have legitimate critical value. And so she sent me one, one day, it was a guy and his name is Utkarsh and Utkarsh is from Mumbai, India. Mm -hmm. Um, He's a Hindu and um, he, his college professor had told him that reading the Bible would be a good way for him to understand English better. Mm. And so he started reading the Bible 
and he was understanding English, but he wasn't understanding the Bible. And right. so he was looking online for tools to help him understand the Bible. And he found the Bible recap. Mm. And so he's like, forgive me for all these questions I'm about to ask you, but I need to understand, like, uh, what's the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament? Where does Jesus come into play? I know some people say that he's God. Uh, can you help me understand what that means? Mm. And he's asking all these questions. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And, like, he's writing us back, and he's saying, like, I, like, I actually, I'm, I think I'm going to like sneak out and go to church next weekend. Like my family will disown me, um, but I'm going to, mm. and then he's like saying like, I think I might convert to Christianity. Like I'm really oh, drawn wow. in by this and all of this. And just, he's like ready to walk away from his entire wow. life. Beca- and I was, so I'm telling you on those days when I'm like, there were, there were three, four days in a row where I was not coming out of my pajamas. Right. I mean, like, I remember like one day, because I don't have time to go to the grocery store. And so one day I ordered pizza, and I was like, you cannot eat pizza. You have to, I, I ate some pizza, and I was like, stop it. You can't eat this. This is not good for you. you got to throw it in the trash. Throw it in the trash. It's been in there a day or two. I still haven't gone to the grocery store. I dig the pizza out of my <laughs> trash can. It's underneath coffee grounds. I'm shaking off the coffee grounds to eat the two-day-old uh. trash can pizza. And I'm just powering through. i just got to do what I've got to do. And to get through all of that, I wrote Utkarsh on the mirror across from my, the table where I worked. Yeah. And I would see his name up there every day. And I'm like, mm. you're doing this for Utkarsh and for all the people who are like Utkarsh. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, that was what kept me going. Yeah, that was what kept motivation. me going through trash can pizza and lack of sleep and not seeing my friends for a year. It was worth Can it. you imagine yeah. how many people have heard your voice? <laughs> I mean, so have you ever thought about million. that? Uh, I mean, have you ever, thought, have you ever stepped million. back and thought about how many people... Not only heard your voice, but how many people that you've touched? Wow, I mean, it's so it's so humbling, but it's mm. it's it's just I'm so grateful for it. But it yeah. is it is weird. I will tell you, as someone who is not a face, but who mm. is a voice, voice yeah. I get recognized for my voice in public. Like I remember, I was at a coffee shop where I had on a hoodie, so all of my hair, my hair is usually the thing that I recognize for mm. if they see my face. Um, so I, I'm a hoodie, my hair is hidden. I'm wearing the mask. It's COVID times. Mm. And I'm like, hey, I'd like a, you know, an iced Americano. And she goes, are you Terry Lee Cobble? And I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> she goes, hey, Bible readers. <laughs> I was like, uh. She was like, yeah, oh, my gosh, I, need the I listen to you every morning. Right. Um, oh, it was just, that is it was amazing. Crazy. Yeah. And I, I was in World Market one day, and I was talking to my assistant on the phone. And this girl just kept, like, looking around the corner anytime I would talk. She was looking around the corner at me. And uh-huh. uh, I just kind of waved at her, and she was like, you are. Yeah. yeah. I know right. you. Yeah. I know. But you know what's what's so cool? And I, and I want I want everyone to hear this is whatever this turns to, you know, from a business, from a platform, whatever, it wasn't the hopes of that. Yeah. That kept you going. It wasn't the hopes of, hey, you know, Spotify's gonna buy the Bible <laughs> recap for right. $190 million mm-hmm. or whatever it is. It wasn't everybody's gonna know me. It was that one individual in India, it was the, the people like him, the impact that you were making for something bigger than yourself. Yeah. Because you impacted them. It changed their life, not for you, mm-hmm. but for them. And I don't know, that to me, mm-hmm. and we, we, always, we talk about it a lot. We talk yeah. about, okay, what's your you know, purpose and identity and passion and all these things, following these things to, to, to continue to grow. But like, don't lose sight of that, mm-hmm. the impact aspect of it because that is that sustainable fuel that gets you through two day old trash can pizza. Right. Right. Yeah. And you know what? Let's trace it back even further. 
I would not be doing this had that one pastor, Lee McDermott, not told me to read through the whole Bible, Mm -hmm. challenged me to do it. Mm -hmm. And he would not have said that to me had a pastor at a church camp that he went to challenged him to do it. So I am the... I'm the second generation mm-hmm. blessed person of some random church camp pastor yeah. who told another pastor that I eventually met. And like, you can be that for some other rando yes. out there, mm-hmm. you know, like yep. who knows what other person is going to be mm. reading the word of God or blessed by whatever the calling the Lord has on your life yeah. and mm-hmm. the way that you follow through. Mm-hmm. Like we, we can't follow through for the hope of results. We can only follow through for the sake of faithfulness, you know? Uh. And like what God initiates, he will sustain and he will fulfill. The only reason I finished it is because he started it. Yes. Mm -hmm. And if he had not started it, I would not have been sustained through it. Mm. And he does not drop any balls. Mm. He Mm. finishes what he starts. (sighs) And so whatever he's called you to, whatever he's called any, like your family to as a group, you to as an individual, if he has begun it in you, he will equip you for it and sustain you through it. Mm. Awesome. <laughs> and there's You're joy dropping, in Did you just it. drop the mic on us? I know. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, okay, so you get through 2019, and are you, are you looking forward to a, a great 2020, right? A great... <laughs> oh, so it hit another challenge, right? Because well, of... Yeah. I mean, multiple reasons, but yeah, talk us through 2020. You're like, okay, hey, we've got the recordings, we've got the mm-hmm. platform, we've got to obviously go through and edit, adjust, you know, yeah. add, mm-hmm. and then now we've got more plans. Book came out in... Yeah, book came out 2020. 2020, yeah, um, that's right. And so what I was doing early 2020 was editing the podcast transcripts mm-hmm. into a book because yes. I, the podcast had become popular. A publisher sought me out to turn it into a book, mm-hmm. and they said how much content do you have? And it was a lot. Yeah. So we had to reduce it down to about 40% of the podcast content. Okay. So I had to edit all of my transcripts to be 60% less. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I was doing all the editing. Um, at, in the meantime, we're also finding out that there are people who want to turn it into videos for the deaf community. So they were turning it into American Sign Language. And another group of people who wanted to volunteer to take those transcripts and turn it into a Spanish podcast. So all of this editing that I'm doing for the book is also serving these other purposes that weren't the initial purpose, Mm. but they're taking those edited transcripts for Spanish and for ASL. And so all that's happening. That's great. I have this deadline to get the book done and edited. And that deadline was, I believe, the end of February. Yeah. And so end of February, I'm like, awesome. This is going to be great. Now I'm, I can get back out into the world again. <laughs> and then two weeks later, the world shut down again. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, at least I've trained for this. I've yeah. trained for being inside my apartment by myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, and again, because of, because of your heart history, right? You yeah. were affected very differently than a lot, of, a lot yeah. of other people. Yeah, I really did have to be cautious because of my lungs and yeah. my heart and my yeah. body. Um, so I really, I was, I was locked down. I stayed in. Yeah. I was very COVID cautious. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, but I did, I, I began working on other projects at the time. Mm. I wrote six books in 2020. Mm. Six books. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Six. Can you so. sit for like a minute <laughs> without doing it? So, I mean, so you're probably writing a book right now you while you're talking four to Four kids. Yeah, still. Life, I yeah, assume, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got none of that. Yeah. I got four plants. <laughs> And pizza in the garden. And pizza yeah. in the trash. Yeah. So, like, 
what am I going to do with 2020 by myself? So yeah, I wrote four books. Um, I wrote a study guide for the Bible recap, a discussion guide for the Bible recap, finished the Bible recap book, um, worked on a few other things. I I wrote a Bible study about the Trinity, um, Mm. which I'm excited about. Mm. That's awesome. Because that's a really very mysterious topic. Very confusing. I need to read that one. Oh, I mean, still, like, I... Every time my kids, well, I mean, are we praying to God no, or Jesus? Jesus. I'm confused. Like, yeah. Yeah, 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 right? Yeah. Yep. Oh, where's that Bible recap? Right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, babe, what number was it? <laughs> exactly. So we're in a Bible study on the Trinity. Um, and there's a, we, we're working on a teen edition that comes out with that as well. So, um, so the parents and children can do it together. Oh, okay. and yeah. Just That's a lot awesome. of stuff. So that was, 2020 was a, another back-to-back hustle year yeah. for me. Um, mm, but make the most of the time, right? See, yeah. that's what I love. Again, yeah. like the yeah. sustainability aspect. It's it's bigger. It's mm-hmm. bigger than selfish ambitions. So I love that. Yeah. Love that. Right. So okay, so now we roll into twenty twenty one. Okay, some of these projects that you worked on in twenty twenty starting out. to roll yep. out. Yep. You're you're able to get back out again. Mm-hmm. So did you have to wait for vaccinations before yeah, you were? I, okay. I did. Yeah, okay. I did. I, I, I don't know if I had to, but I chose yeah. to. Okay. Um, and man, I was hunting it down. I was like, I will drive to Mexico and get this <laughs> shot in my eye in a back alley if I have to. Like, give it to me. <laughs> just over. Just, yeah. <laughs> Come on. I, I know there's controversy about that, but man, yeah. I was. I had been in my house for two years. Yeah. I was like mm-hmm. wanting it bad. Yeah. And um, so yeah, I got the vaccine. I had no side effects, which was great. Great. Very grateful mm-hmm. for that. Awesome. And then immediately started getting out there again, mm-hmm. immediately. Um, and so uh, I, one of the books that I'm working on that's coming out in 2023 is a book about Israel. Yep. Uh, I, I lead trips mm-hmm. to Israel, and All that's right. part of, I love to go take teaching trips, take groups of like 20 to 40 over there and mm-hmm. study the Bible in the space where these things happened mm-hmm. and, you know, just watch scripture come alive. Love that so much. Yeah. And um, so I'm working on a book about Israel, and so I just got back from a month over there, mm. and I found out this morning um, that I'm going back in about two weeks. Uh, wow! Um, yeah, quick turn. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. How is it? Because it's there's it's you know there's always been turmoil, yeah. but right. uh-huh. but there's some scary <laughs> so, scary yeah. things going mm-hmm. on. There have been things happening over there. I'll tell you, we were supposed to go um, in the middle of May. We landed in JFK. For our layover, it was me and my photographer, and we landed in JFK in New York City, and literally landed, you know, you turn on your phone as soon as you land, right? And so we turn on our phone, and the first banner that pops up is that there have been missile strikes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, well, wonder what's going to happen. Our flight was canceled to Israel. Mm-hmm. We stayed in New York, tried to ride out the, like, the uprising, um, and... You know, 10, 12 days later, things calmed down. And mm-hmm. that's that tends to be the typical cycle from what yeah. I understand. And we left and fl- second flight back to Israel, like on the second flight out of the States to Israel, we were on it. Um, we were there two days after things, after the ceasefire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was just so peaceful. It was mm. n- no issues whatsoever. Wow. And there's a very interesting, I don't know how to describe it, um, there are problems. Yeah. There are problems everywhere yeah. you go. Yeah. Yeah. There gonna, there's going to be um, hatred and division and dissension, and there's probably going to be um, differences of opinions, you know, differences mm-hmm. of opinion that um, there's maybe some truth and some fact mm-hmm. to, to either side, both sides, whatever. Um, but on the ground there, as a person who um, is visiting on a pilgrimage, 
I had no sense of unrest in my mm. own heart. Okay. There was a sense of um, of peace. There was a sense of protection that felt supernatural. Yeah. And, um, you know, I had lots of people praying for us for our safety. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I've been over there in the midst of those things and have never once felt unsafe. Right. It's my dream. So, That's a bucket list for me. You gotta that, come. That in. is the bucket list for let's, me. Let's so, us, so you said something. You said the scripture came alive. Yeah. What did you mean by that? So I'm hard pressed to open my Bible and not be able to picture what I'm reading. Mm-hmm. I can picture it because I've been there, mm. and it's 3D. It's off the page, mm. and like the only way that I can can know how to describe it to people who haven't been. Um, is that it's kind of like maybe like when you let's say you're dating somebody and mm-hmm. you're in love with them and you finally are going to get to go meet their family mm-hmm. like you already love them you're already right. in the relationship with them and you love them but when you go meet their family and you understand like oh that's why you laugh like yeah, that right. oh yeah. this is where yeah. you get that mm-hmm. nose from oh this yeah. is why that yeah. joke right. is funny yeah you know and you understand these things mm-hmm. and you see the home they grew up in and you see the baby pictures and it all is just it like it together. just fully forms yeah. this picture that's how I felt. Mm. And um, I, that was I just that was my 15th trip there. <laughs> I cannot get wow. enough of it. And I've seen the world. I've been to the most beautiful. I've been to Switzerland and New Zealand. Mm. And all, I mean, like all these places. And nothing ever will top Israel in my heart. Yeah. It's just, <sighs> I love being able to just be where Jesus was, yeah. walk where Jesus walked, um, sit on the steps where Jesus preached his first sermon, the actual original First century steps Mm -hmm. on the southern steps of the temple and be like, this is unbelievable. Right. You know? So come with us. Come Come on. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. uh, Tiff and I have been talking about it. You guys got to come. So absolutely. Okay. So one of the things, and you mentioned – you mentioned that you did road races, like running and stuff (laughs) like that. Um, But also fasting is a big part of what you've done. So, y'all, this is crazy, some of the fasts <laughs> that she has done. Talk us through kind of that, like why you decided to do it, and then the lengths of some oh, of them. Man. So my first, I had done a few small short fasts mm-hmm. in college primarily. Yeah, A lot of it would be like, okay, I need clarity about this decision, so I'm going to do like a three-day fast and um, just, you know, just liquids. Mm-hmm. Um and so break it down, like for some that don't understand, yeah, like, fasting, okay, yeah. why, obviously, you know, Jesus talks all the time about fasting, right. And providing clarity yeah. and, and, and all that, but really like, what is it, wh- how does it provide clarity and what is, what is the reason for fasting now? Um, so biblically, so lots of different reasons for fasting. Yeah. If we want to talk about biologically and the health, yeah. the way that that's healthy for your body. Mm-hmm. If we want to talk about spiritually and the way that's healthy for your spirit, mm-hmm. um, th- there's a, there's a holistic element to it mm-hmm. that those things can overlap if you want them to. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with just fasting for the sake of it being good for your body. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with fasting for the sake of a spiritual decision when it overlaps all the better. Right. Um, but, uh, for your body systems to get a rest, mm-hmm. for them to get a break, is healthy for them. For your mm-hmm. digestive system to get a break mm-hmm. is good for it. Mm-hmm. Um, to clear out that whether you believe in toxins or not, I don't know. But mm-hmm. all I know is when I fast, my tongue gets coated in some weird white stuff that eventually <laughs> goes away. Yeah. So they some say that's toxins. I don't know. Maybe it's not. Yeah. Um, but your breath smells real bad for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, but spiritually, in Scripture, fasting is this way to cease from what you're doing 
and engage with something. So the hunger that you feel when, you're, when your body is hungry, to me, that serves as a reminder to pray. It serves as a prayer prompt. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey, this is your chance to engage with spiritual food, yeah. to be nourished by the bread of life, by, by the, the wellspring of life, mm-hmm. and to be nourished in that way and to lean into God in the gap. Yeah. So Jesus did a 40-day fast before he began his ministry. He goes into the wilderness by himself to fast. Yep. I don't like to be by myself when I fast if I can help it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, man, it's all, it's all more tempting to eat that stuff when I'm by yeah. myself. Mm-hmm. And people are yeah. like, we don't want to invite you to go out to dinner with us. We don't want this to be a temptation. Right. And I'm like, it's going to be way more tempting if I'm at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Invite me out to be with you where you can watch me not eat. Right. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, um, I will use prayer time. The yeah. idea is that the time that you would spend preparing food and eating food, you instead spend in prayer. Mm. So you take that time and you engage with scripture and you prayer journal or you can do those things. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I try to do in those spaces. Okay. So I, my first 40 day fast, um, I did at a time when I was really desperate for the Lord to do some things in yeah. my life. And it just so happened that that overlapped with my training for my first half marathon. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, is this going to kill me? Like, Mm. am I going to die? I'm training for a half marathon. I have a heart condition, and I'm doing my first 40-day fast. Mm. Yeah. So just liquids. Just liquids. And even uh, even primarily, I'm trying to do liquids that are not calorie-loaded liquids. Okay. So um, not like smoothies and milkshakes and, you know, like Mm -hmm. frappuccinos. Mm -hmm. But like, okay, so on that one, I I did allow myself caffeine. Okay. Um, So I was drinking coffee, but just black coffee. Mm -hmm. Um, And then on days that I had my long runs, so once a week when I would do like my long run, training run, Mm -hmm. I would do um, egg whites mixed with orange juice. Okay. If you do orange juice. Orange Julius. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mixing that up? How's that? Yeah, I'm, I'm, mixing, that it, I'm mixing it in a blender. <laughs> I'm mixing it in a blender. Break that down. Liquid, liquid hey, egg whites. I know what's going through your head. No. He's like, these crazy ass white people. <laughs> <laughs> what are they doing? Guilty. White Guilty. Crazy. Yeah. What's going on? But, you know, if you're truly fasting and yeah. you drink sugars like you would in a fruit juice, yeah. it's going to go straight through you in a bad way. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't drinking like fruit juices all the time or anything like that. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons I need to I needed to balance out the orange juice when I had it with some protein. Got it. Okay. Um, and so I would have I would have that on Saturdays basically for my long runs. Mm. But apart from that, I would drink bone broth, okay, water, and coffee. For forty oh, days. Yeah. Before, wait, wait. I missed that part. Forty days. Forty, 40 days. Oh, forty days. Forty yeah. days. Yeah. And what I do was, you call that? What are you calling that? I'm not besides fasting. Fast. You just call it a forty yeah. day fast. Yeah. There's no, there's yeah. no particular name to yeah. it. Then. I mean, you know, fasting has it's taken on all these other lanes these yes. days. Yep. Like, you know, there's intermittent fasting yep. or whatever. But yeah. and then people will even say like, I'm fasting from TV, and it's like, mm, mm, I don't know. Yeah. Fasting is about food. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you can say, like, I'm abstaining from TV or what. And, yeah. and I'm not going to, like, crit- critique anybody who's saying that. I'm glad that you're yeah. leaning into whatever. But technically, fasting would be about food. Food, yes. Um, and so, so yeah, I, was, I, would, I would abstain from food for 40 days mm-hmm. um, and, and liquids that had, you know, more than, say, 50 calories in them. Right. Um, 
And it's it's it was, but here's the cool thing, man. After about two weeks, you feel like a million bucks. Do you? After you a feel wait, amazing. Why the first, after? Okay, how about give me the first three days. The first three days are real hard. You're okay. real hungry. Mm-hmm. After the first three days, you start. To, your body starts to. Your hunger starts to shut off, mm-hmm. and so you're not really hungry, but you're psychologically hungry. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because you're used to eating, right? right. And you're used to right. the feeling you get when you eat. The mm-hmm. feeling, all the all the firing in your brain, all those mm-hmm. good you know chemicals that get kicked off in your body. And so around day eight to 10, I start to kind of lose my mind a little bit. Right. I'm like, I just need to chew something. Right. Like I just mm. need, just, I just want to chew something. Ice would work. Even if I, will not work, <laughs> cannot chew ice. We'll get to that story in a second. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so I just want to chew something. So eight to 10, that's really hard. But then mm. after day 10, you should start to be smooth sailing. Mm. And my first 40 day fast, the, the, uh, that one that I was just describing Around day 25, my, it's going to sound weird to anybody who's not a Christian, but like the intimacy that I felt like I had with God, just the nearness, his closeness, it was so, mm-hmm. our relationship just felt so sweet that I started to mourn the end of the fast. I was like, mm. man, only 14 days left, only 12 days left, only eight days. Left. Like I was not looking forward to it ending mm. wow. because it was just so sweet. And your body just starts to function well without food. Yeah. And running was a breeze because my body didn't have anything else to focus on. It mm-hmm. wasn't focusing on digestion. It was like, we just do this job, mm-hmm. you know? Wow. Um, and I slept great because my body was not distracted by digesting food. Mm-hmm. My body just had one job, and it was good. That's amazing. So, yeah. And, that's, and, that's and I, you, you covered it, but I was going to ask, okay, spiritually, like, you know, how, how did it affect you? But I mean, that's, that's incredible. I mean, I think you, you see a lot of these new wave people and I say people, but like this new wave ideology of, of meditation and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, go out to the desert and fast and all these things. And, and, and there's, there's, I mean, to me, there's, there's something to it, Mm -hmm. right? It it just depends on, I don't know what your intentions are. I think, you know, the way you took it, like, hey, listen, like, I've got a lot to work through, right? I need some clarity yeah. on the other side. Yeah. So I really, yeah. really need to lean in on God and really yeah. lean mm-hmm. in on that relationship. Because, like you said, you don't have the outside noise of food and this. Yes. It's just, it's just, it seems to me, I, I've never gone more than four hours without. I've gone <laughs> yeah. a four-hour fast. But, um, but I mean, like, the, the noise that just kind of yeah. melts away. Yeah, because it's, it's um, as much, if not more, about what you're engaging with than what you're abstaining from. Mm-hmm. It's not just the food you're denying yourself. It's the food you're filling yourself with, the yeah. spiritual food. Right. And that is that is the key thing, is yeah. it makes more time for this to be your focus. Yeah. And so that was, I mean, it was just really sweet. And I'll tell you, I did not get what I was praying for. And that's okay, because I got more than what I was praying for in a mm. totally different way. Wow. Mm. You know? It, I would not trade it. It was the sweetest. And I remember, like, you know, he talked about earlier that what God initiates, he will sustain and he will fulfill. Mm. What I initiate, I am responsible to sustain and fulfill, and I will almost certainly fail. If yeah. he doesn't mm. begin it, it's, yeah. it's not going to succeed. Yeah. And so I, after that fast, I remember thinking, like, I want to do this again. And I was like, but God has to, like, I can't just decide I'm going to yeah. do this again. Yeah. God has to be the one who mm. initiates. So I was like, will you please invite me to do this again? Like, <laughs> please invite me into a fast yeah. again because I want to do this again. And there were times that I like decided on my own and tried to do it. And like four days in, I was like, you know, at a drive through somewhere. Um, but, like, you know, um, 
But yeah, I mean, it's just been really sweet the times that the Lord has invited me into that space and we've done that together and it's been... You, you really said sweet. it was your first 40-day. How many more have you done since then? I've done two other 40-day fasts since then. Okay. One was like a juice fast. Okay. That was not as good. Okay. Because um, that was just juice and stuff left and right. Yeah. And it was like, let's just... I like to treat my body like a lab. I like yeah. to find out what happens. Yeah. And um, and so I was like, let's try juice fast and see what, how that goes. Eh. Didn't work that too much. No, I was like, I mean, it just takes so much time to juice stuff. And one of the points of fasting is you save that time on yeah. prep and cleanup and yep. eating yep. that you get to lean into scripture. Right. And I'm just standing at the juicer, like brushing that thing off all the time. And it's just yeah. so annoying. Yeah. So, yeah. Maybe if right. I had bought pre-made juices. Have you have you um, had conversations with people, whether it's D group or just you know your relationships? Like, hey, have you thought about this? Like, and and encourage someone to maybe try it. I mean, what was some yes. of the feedback from yeah. some of your relationships um, with fasting? Yeah, um, yeah, and other people. Th- some people think I'm crazy, and some yeah. people think they can't do it, and some people maybe medically can't. Maybe yeah. they have blood sugar issues, yeah. or maybe you know whatever. But um, the people that I have talked to who have done it. Have loved it. Mm. Have just been like, man, mm. that. W-. And they have also, as soon as they finish, been like, we could we do it again? You know, that's awesome. Like, it's just, man, I, I want to do it right now. Is I'm there like, like a steak? On, is there like a steak only fast? Like, yeah, yeah, that's all. Just like red meat, just like just <laughs> ribeyes for, for forty straight Rogan days. One, right, the carnivore <laughs> diet. <laughs> only red meat all the time. Oh. There are people who do that, and they find to be they. Very healthy. Yeah. It's Actually, yeah, because yeah. it uh, clears out everything, apparently. Um, yeah. <laughs> cleans those guts out, yeah, from Oof. what I hear. Okay, so <laughs> with that being said, good uh-huh. transition. Right. <laughs> um, is, okay, so we're in 21. There's a lot of projects on the horizon. What are you most excited for over the next 12 to 18 months that that you're working on that you can share? Obviously, Man, there's, yeah. there's things that maybe, you know, are still top secret, but... Yeah. I'm excited about this Trinity study. Yeah. It's uh, so we end every day on the Bible recap by saying he's where the joy is because mm-hmm. you, I mean, I'm yeah. after the good times. Yeah. I'm after the fun. I'm after the joy, the yeah. adventure. And so I love that I find my deepest joy in the Lord. And yeah. so every day we're looking for our God shot. What is the snapshot of God and his character that we see from what we read that day? Mm-hmm. And how does that drive us deeper into joy? Right. I'm after the joy, where's the joy? And so the title of the Trinity study that we're doing is he's where the joy is. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to, to call it that because the Trinity is such a confusing uh, mm-hmm. layered topic. And I didn't want it to have some kind of heady title that people yeah. felt even more distance yeah. from. I wanted to be right. like, this is an invitation to joy. Yeah. Come get the joy with me. So I'm really excited just to see how people connect with that. Yeah. Like, does it serve them in the way that I hope that it will? In the yeah. way that I tried to write it toward and then I'm really excited about this Israel book that's coming out next year. And just um, for people to be able to see, here's the thing is I, my dad used to lead tours of Israel. Mm-hmm. And I saw, I looked at all his pictures and none of his pictures made me want to go to Israel. They're all just brown and ugly. Yeah. And whenever other people would come back from pictures, from trips to Israel with their pictures, I'm like, why is everything brown? Like I'm picturing it like sepia tone. That's right. Yeah. You right. know, mm-hmm. like it just is not pretty. When I went Holy moly, it's gorgeous. It's on the Mediterranean. It's right. like luxurious and like flowers and, and plants and it's so vibrant. And I'm like, why did the pictures not show right. me this? Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we're doing with this book is showing the beauty of Israel. Because, you know, I think one of the things that 
keeps people from wanting to go there is they feel like it is ugly. And if they mm-hmm. can see how beautiful it really is, then they would want to come to Israel. Yeah. Then they would fall in love yeah. with Israel and, and like the word and, and fall in love with scripture more. Mm-hmm. And so to me, I see that as a, like, I want the beauty of Israel to be the gateway drug for people to want to read their Bible. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yeah. let's, let's get this up, get over this obstacle and get you into the word yep. and get people to come to Israel and fall in love with it all the more. Yeah, I have a prediction that, by the end of 2022, this will be on at least at least two million coffee tables in the United <laughs> States. Yeah. At least, I would love that. At least, yeah. dear Lord, please. Because I, I, to me, I mean, what a better story to have. Like, okay, I know, like Tiff's big on these like big decorative books or whatever, and yeah. I don't know if that's yeah. how it's yeah, going to be is. laid out. Yeah. Okay, it is a decorative. Oh, it is cool. Yeah, so. I mean, what better story to have on your coffee table and conversation piece? Like, oh my gosh, yeah. like you have to see this book of Israel. Yeah, yeah, uh, I love yep. it. I, I got a question. It. I know we're going to wrap up really quick, but but I grew up in a house that was we always talked about the power of prayer. Hmm. And when we had you on, but before we had you on, Terry Lee, I wanted to find out. You know, what are your thoughts on the power of prayer? Wow, I love that. That's the home that you grew up in. Hmm. That's incredible. Um. I love that prayer is a conversation with the God of the universe who lets us call him Father. Like He's adopted us into his family. He owns everything. He's in charge of everything. And he, Scripture says he delights to give good gifts to his kids. Mm-hmm. He delights in it. And he tells us to ask him for things. Mm-hmm. He tells us, tell me everything you want. But guess what? The good news is you don't even have to filter your prayers because I'm only going to give you the very best things. So mm-hmm. if you ask me for something that's bad, I'm not going to give that to you because I know better. Mm. I know everything and I own everything and I can do anything. And so I love that even when I ask him for something, the power isn't in my faith in what I'm asking for. Mm. It's not like if I believe this strong enough, then I get what I want. Mm. You know, I just told you about a story where I did 40 days of fasting and didn't get what I want. Right. Mm-hmm. 40 days of fasting and prayer where God said no. Mm-hmm. It's not about how much I lean in and how much I press in and, and try to muscle through it on my, on my own or even try to make myself believe it strong enough. Mm-hmm. It's about the very good God I'm talking to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he loves us All and right. the fact that he, I mean, you know, uh, in scripture, he tells us to keep asking and keep asking and keep asking. And Jesus even tells these stories. He like illustrates, just keep Bugging God. Keep bugging him. Mm-hmm. Which, who, you know that then it's not him being bugged, right? right? Yeah. It's him inviting you into conversation. You're not yeah. annoying him. Mm-hmm. You're not annoying him. He says, keep asking, keep asking, keep asking. He wants us to talk to him. I love that. So I talk to him, Darren, about everything. Mm-hmm. I'm that person who prays about the annoying little stuff because I know it's not, it's not, he's not too busy. He doesn't have bigger fish to fry because right. he, he can fry all the fish. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Big, small, he fries them all, right. you know? And so that, that was not supposed to rhyme. <laughs> but, um, but, there's, but, see, there's that know, creative music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not too busy to deal with every little thing. Mm-hmm. He's always active, never busy. Mm. And so I'll talk about anything to him. Love that. All right. So one, one final question before we, we end and, and uh, show people how to find you and, and, and give, them, give them some resources. But question that we have a, a lot is a conversation is, is there's just so many people that are lost in life. Mm-hmm. And they just don't, 
they don't know what they're supposed to be doing. They don't feel like they have purpose. Um, they don't have connection. What is what is your encouragement to those people? Whether and and maybe they have like, hey, I'm super successful, but I just feel lost. And what is if you were sitting down with someone that just is like, hey, I'm just lost. Like, yeah. what do you say to encourage them? And obviously, each scenario is different. But like, mm-hmm. there's just so many people out there that seem to be running away from what is good. Mm-hmm. What's your encouragement to those people? I think if you are the person who's listening right now and you feel that way, you were created with an eternal purpose. You were created with eternal value that nothing you do or don't do can change. Like your value is is fixed. If other people don't see it, it doesn't matter. If I take a, if you give me a $20 bill and I crumple it up and I stomp on it, it doesn't it's still worth $20. Mm-hmm. So no matter what has been done to you, no matter what you what choices you have made, you are still marked by God with eternal value. You are made in the image of God and he created you intentionally. He doesn't do anything halfway. He doesn't do anything accidentally. Everything is intentional. He created you intentionally. He gifted you the way he's gifted you. He's given you the background and the family upbringing, the cultural upbringing that you have for an eternal purpose. And so what I would say to you is the best way to find out what that value is, what that value is and what that purpose is, is to get to know the one who made you because he's mm. the one who designed you with that purpose. Mm. He's the one who infused you with the value that you have, the, one, the value that no one can take away. And what you are worth and your life, it matters. It matters. And so even though you don't feel it and you don't see it, it is there. Mm-hmm. So get to know the one who created you mm. because he can show you all about the purpose and the value that he's given you. Love it. I absolutely love it. Okay, so... The Bible recap. Where can they find that if they don't already have it uh, on their on their yeah. Apple Podcast app? So you know, if you've been listening attentively, you know there's a book, there's a podcast, mm. there's all these options. Um, and the best way to find out what what lane you want to get in is thebiblerecap.com. Mm-hmm. It will if you go to thebiblerecap.com and click on the start link, we'll show you everything. So there's the you link to the book. There's links to the podcast. And then, you know what? If you're kind of intimidated by the Old Testament and you just want to start with the New Testament, you can do that too. Mm. There's a link just to start with just the New Testament. Mm -hmm. If you like to print out a plan and you like to check it off the plan, we've got a printout plan. Just it's choose your own adventure is basically what that is. So BibleRecap.com forward slash start. Great. That's awesome. And then you do have a website. Is that active? Yeah, Are you actively yeah. monitoring that? Terrible so let's say, Bible.com. are you still speaking? Are you still? I do still okay. speak. Okay. Yeah. So and if any, you want to come to Israel with me, you can find out about oh, that on the website. Come on. Yeah. So yeah. All right now. Click on that. So come website on. is we'll be on ter- that bus with you. It's right. terrilycobble.com, correct? It is. Okay. Yep. Terrilycobble.com. And Ben. Ben's going to ask the question. Okay. He, Oh, no, no, Ben, you're going to ask the this question. This is Ben's question. Okay. This and nobody asked question. it like Ben. No, Ben, but hey, man. Oh, he unplugged it. Come on, man. Plug it back in. Come on, Ben. We're not allowed to ask this question. Yeah, this is, he wrote it. These are he fighting words. It. This well, is, I'm, I'm coming deal. out of the cheap seats for this question, I guess. <laughs> uh, Terry, we ask every every guest this, and this has been awesome. It's been fun. You know, usually we have somebody who runs the switch over here. It's been fun kind of sitting back and just getting to take it all in. Uh, so thank you so much. But the question we ask every guest is, if you could go back to any point in your life and tell yourself one thing, mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean to go change anything, but if you just go tell yourself one thing, mm-hmm. where do you go and what do you tell yourself? Oof. 
man, the fact that I can't change anything makes that hard. But I think I would go back to probably high school me, maybe middle school me, and tell myself to read the Bible then. Mm. You know, we have parents who are doing this who say, oh, I wish my kids could, could do this. You know, they have anything for kids. But I, I'm telling you, I've had five-year-olds come up to me when I speak at churches, and they go, hey, Bible readers, when they walk up to me yeah. mm. because they're doing it with their parents. Yeah. And they're taking oh, in yeah. more. Can you imagine if you were listening to the audio Bible with your parents every day, and by the time you were six years old, could say you've read through the whole Bible? <sighs> And that's I mean, something. Right. See, I got a five-year-old right now. Come and on. you're saying that. That's a little word hey, for you right now. You're saying that. Bedtime. Yes. Take bedtime. Exactly. Yes. And the thing yeah. is, the thing that made Scripture so hard for me the first time I read through was that I was seeing these things I'd never, never seen, reading things I'd never heard about God. And if I had read it earlier, it would have mm-hmm. saved me all those years of misunderstanding who he is, mm-hmm. all those years of trying to earn his favor, earn his yes to my prayers, all those years of um, just not really knowing him, yeah. knowing him mm-hmm. secondhand through other yeah. people instead of firsthand. Yeah. And so um, I would love to just go back and be like, hey, man, there's good stuff for you in there. I know you don't yeah. understand it all, but just read it all. It'll start to come together. Love that. That's yeah. what I, would wish I thought I you were going to answer that differently. I thought, what did you think I, was gonna say? I thought you were going to say I would go back to early 2016 uh, when I was riding in a truck with Tyler and he was chewing ice, <laughs> which is her biggest pet peeve on the planet. And I wish I would tell myself to say something, speak up, <laughs> to speak tell up, him speak to up. stop. <laughs> Are you yes. munching on ice the Tyler, whole way? Oh my oh. word! I think it was Sonic Ice or something. You were just oh, that no. Sonic Ice. Big, I don't even know. It was Sonic like Ice. So. Thirty-two oh, ounce yeah. cup, just yeah. filled with ice. And we got back to his house, and I was like, Tiffany, your husband just chewed ice the whole drive. <laughs> the home. entire, the whole drive. By Thomas, and I mean, just oh, yeah, yeah, just chomping it with his shards of ice were like shooting out of his mouth. <laughs> Okay, man. And so she like, I mean, we didn't know each other super well, and yeah. she was going to buy a car, and she's like, I feel like I need someone just to really, just, you know, come yeah. in there. And yeah. So we helped, you know, you help you there. So she's yeah. like, I can't say anything. He just helped me out. He's just, right? he just sacrificed I was half his day. So oblivious. Yeah. To it. I'm just literally just. <laughs> You're probably listening. We listen to music <laughs> at the same. No, we were talking. Yeah, so which right. was worse because I'm too into talking. I remember I had my finger in my left ear. So that the ear closest to Tyler. Yeah, I was like, oh, she must have like an ear infection or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Or that's just like a nervous <laughs> habit. Like she just does. I, am I driving that bad? Like why is she nervous? <laughs> yeah. So that's. Yeah. Uh, yeah I would uh, go back to that day in, in 2016. Terry, just say something. Just, you should just say Tyler, something. knock it off. <laughs> yeah. But thank you so much yeah. for taking the time. I know Thanks you have so much on your plate. And we're just so yeah, I need to so write thankful. six books tonight, so. Okay. Yes. Oh, well, yeah, I guess yeah, yeah. it's Monday, so <laughs> it's on the docket. That's right, yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously. Thank you so much. It's, it's oh, early. We do. Having. We appreciate you for this. I mean, you're such a servant, and humility that you have is just so strong, and it, it shows. Well, thank you, Darren. Thank I'm you. so grateful to be here and just able to talk to your listeners. Mm-hmm.